coming to get you. Hey, Pop. Hey, Eric. How are things this morning? Things are good. I'm drinking a nice hot coffee in my ember mug, hanging out with two of my bestest buds. It's a good morning. Jones is wearing swim trunks. Yeah, Jones, are you going, uh, you going to the beach after this? I have no plans on going in water. <laughs> well, <laughs> just in case there's a flood, <laughs> you're going to be the most equipped person out there. Do you know why I'm wearing swim trunks? Uh, because it's laundry day. <laughs> We're reviewing Rambo First Blood Part 2. Yes. Oh, you think you're going to wet yourself? No, that has nothing to do with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Only a few years after the all-out guerrilla war in First Blood, which came out in 1982. Good year. John Rambo's former commanding officer, Colonel Sam Troutman, pulls him out of jail, only to send him back to a place he swore never to return. The impenetrable jungles of the country. Target. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Walmart and Valley Stream. <laughs> Was Target around back then? No. No. Kmart. Kmart was definitely around. The impenetrable impenetrable jungles of Kaldor. (laughs) Yes. Kaldor. Kaldor Wow. Kaldor. By the way, that's the first time I've ever heard Jones flub anything. Ever. 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 Literally ever. That's like, first of all, what a marathon run (laughs) of never messing up. Uh, Is that about seven years? uh, 2015 (laughs) to 2023. Um, That was a great run, Jonesy. (laughs) impenetrable is the word that got you after all these years well if we're if we're gonna stay on that track my next flub will be when i'm 61 years old nice nice yeah i like it all right so are you gonna finish your uh, the bio entrusted with the dangerous (laughs) task of collecting evidence that american pow's are still being held captive rambo agrees to infiltrate the unknown zone and before long he finds himself double crossed marooned behind the enemy lines once John fought for his country, now the government has left him for dead in a Soviet-infested land. Can Rambo fulfill his suicide mission? I didn't realize his mission was suicide. He could have stayed in the United States. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to go all the way to Vietnam <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Will he deliver his lethal justice? Wow. This Ram- movie had some killer taglines, too. Let's hear him. Let's hear him. I wrote them down because they, they were so good. You got to read them, Jones, because your voice is just better at this stuff than mine. I'm doing it in Dusty Rhodes' voice. I got to do it because it'll make no sense now. What most people call hell, he finds home, Jack. (laughs) The most dangerous man in the world is back. (laughs) Love it. They sent him on a mission and set him up to fail, but they made one mistake. They forgot they were dealing with Rambo, Jack. You know what? I, the one random thing as I'm watching this. So, a uh, little confession to make. This is actually my first time watching Rambo First Blood Part 2 ever. I've watched Hot Shots so many times <laughs> that I already kind of knew what happened just from that. Uh, because, by the way, the Hot Shots pretty much follows it pretty oh, yeah. accurately. Even like some of the, like, the ridiculous over-the-top death scenes. Uh, There's some dialogue follow, too. Yeah. And you know what threw me off? I was watching it last night and the i had to rewind it because i didn't believe what they said they are describing rambo to himself like the the like the government dude that wears like the shirt and tie is like um uh john rambo born 1947 blah 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 uh indian german descent 
And then he's like, that's an interesting combo or, or something like that. And I'm like, John Rambo is Indian and German? Like, did that throw you off? Is that weird to you? I'm assuming he like Native American. I don't think he's, you know, from Delhi, but... <laughs> or New Delhi. Yeah, because Rambo is definitely not a Native American or a German last name. I feel like that's a weird, yeah, I, a weird probably, ethnicity. That's probably still when they referred to Native American as Indian. Definitely. It was 85. There was no rules then. No rules. No rules. Now, I watched the first Rambo, uh, First Blood, many times. That movie is amazing. And this movie takes that same kind of leap that every 80s uh, franchise did, where like the first movie is super serious, almost like a drama with, you know, action is like peppered into like usually like the last 15, 20 minutes, like the first Rocky movie. Um, do you know how many people were killed in this movie? In real life or the, in the movie? In, in the movie. How many? How many? Because one was deaths? killed in real life. Yeah, what, one real life death. What? How many on screen kills do you think this movie? I'm going to say uh, ninety six. How about you, Jones? What do you think? Hundred. I'm going with uh, two hundred and fifty one thousand. Oh man, the whole country, the entire country of uh, Belgium. Of Belgium, <laughs> they just. Hey, what did we do? Yeah, like we're just hanging out. We're just making <laughs> waffles over here. It's ruining our day. Um, 75. 75 on-screen deaths. My 90... What did I say, 91? Yeah, you were very close. Was pretty damn close. 251,000, however, was not close. I was not even in the ballpark, sir. No. So 75 people killed by one person on a rampage. Yeah, very believable. Very believable. How many people you think died in the first Rambo movie? Three. Jones? I, I know the answer to that. There's one implied death. One death. It just it, It's the guy in the helicopter, right? Yeah, he throws the rock at the helicopter. The helicopter comes down on the river. You don't see anybody die, but there's no way he lived. There's no way a guy lives a helicopter crash with a rocket exploding it. I don't know. Ric Flair survived a plane crash. In real life or on... Real, real life. Really? Oh, yeah. So did Travis Barker, I think. Sure did. Yeah. It happens. Um, but helicopter getting blown up by a rocket and landing in a river. I don't know. So, so he, listen, you, you say 75 deaths is unbelievable. But the thing is, the majority of those deaths were from... Like missiles from a helicopter. Yeah, like mass explosion. It's not like he like killed each one with a knife. Yeah, he didn't like, like bone arrow nine seventy five people. He bone arrowed a lot of people. No, he bone arrowed one guy for sure with a great explosive. Uh, there was arrow. like four or five, four or five guys. Those that explosive arrow was aces. So good. They that's, do that. They do that in hot shots. Yeah, that's the best kill of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Versus the guy just stops on a rock to stare at him <laughs> instead yeah. of running away. Yeah, definitely could have avo- evaded that death if he wanted to. But yeah. I mean, there was uh, like the hel- just the helicopter itself lowered to the ground and spinning in a circle while firing off the Gatling guns is just a mint idea that I guess isn't used enough in movies. Yeah, well, if we ever have to do a Die Hard, we're going to have to do a Rambo Die Hard and do that. <laughs> um, I, for all, um, for all that I like preconceived notions I had of what this movie was going to be like. Cause I usually tend to like the more serious, realistic versions of, of these movies. Like I love Rocky one and Rocky two. 
I mean, I love Rocky Four, but like one and two are, are like le- like classic. So I thought that Rambo Two, I was gonna be like, eh, or whatever. But it actually was really good. Well, because the first death doesn't happen till like thirty four minutes into the movie, so the first like half hour is full drama. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's like it's they set it up. Yeah, they do a good job of kind of building it up, and you know, early on, you get this sense that like the government people are not really uh, having a Rambo's best interest in mind. So you're starting to feel that built up tension and all like the political backdrop of this time period, all, you know, it, it, it hits well. Um, this was a end to end enjoyable movie. I have to say, it's funny that you bring up the political aspect of it. Cause that's a big part of this movie. Yeah. It was still taking place in a time where we weren't on good relations with Vietnam. No, like or, or the Russians. Like, it didn't happen yeah. for like another decade. Yeah. Um, now it's a lovely place to visit. So James Cameron actually co-wrote this movie. Really? Yeah. And he claims that he only wrote the first draft of the script and that Stallone made so many changes to it. Um, he originally paired Rambo with a humorous like sidekick. That's the route he wanted to take. Yeah. Like Budnick from uh, Terminator 2. Yeah. Um. And he had fleshed out all the prisoners of war with elaborate backstories to be revealed over the film, but Stallone didn't like that the sidekick sidekick got all like the cool dialogue, so he kind of like didn't want that in the movie. Um, so Cameron basically says uh, he he says that he only wrote the action and that Stallone wrote the politics because he wanted no hand in anything political that was said in this movie. Why, why he just didn't want to be controversial. Mm-hmm. What a lame-o. Yeah. And then it goes on and makes Titanic like a doof. Total lame-o. And Avatar, which is so overrated. Sorry, I'm just throwing that out there. Sorry, I just got mad. But yeah, that was a little... I I had no idea James Cameron was even involved with this. Yeah, have some some testicles, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was important at that time. You know, people really forget now, like especially like the younger generations, but like Vietnam really took a toll on the country like like morale wise i mean we didn't win first off we gave up they you know viet the the bad guys won and now vietnam is one full country of you know communists but they're like nice communists i guess um and by the way i don't even know if that's true (laughs) (laughs) is it still communist oh i don't i think it is i don't know I don't know much about Vietnam, honestly. Me neither. We should go there. Like, I know about the war and the conflict, but I don't yeah. know, like, what it's like now. Or, like, if you even told me, like, pin it on a map, I'd, I'd get it close, but I wouldn't hit it. I know that if we went there, I'd be tall and Eric would be a giant. <laughs> so we should do I'd, that. I'd be netted. <laughs> you would be worshipped as a god. <laughs> um. There's the reports that uh, even though this movie went against Reagan, a lot of Reagan's political beliefs, he still loved it. I could see that. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, the country needed... I kind of get why 80s movies started becoming a little over the top because the 70s was so down. Like, we needed heroes. Like, the se- even m- movies in the 70s were, like, depressing. Like, you know, think about the big movies that came out in the 70s, like Taxi Driver. You know what I mean? It's like every movie is just about, like... St- everything's sucking you know and so i think we needed some like good american patriotism like yeah let's you know let's kill some vietnamese uh communists some russians 
And uh, that always seems to be a tried and true if you want to make an action movie. Hell yeah! You, the best best bad guys are Russians and Nazis. Like every other every other. I was just gonna say Germans are pretty good too, and then I it's a good thing I stopped myself. Why? Because you said Russians and, and Nazis. Oh, Russians, Nazis, and Germans. Those are the best three. And uh, and uh, Soviets. <laughs> if you get the Soviets, the Germans, the Nazis, and the Russians. Those are four badass bad guys. <laughs> so this okay. movie came out May 22nd, 1985. Baloney. And it was going up against Brewster's Millions. Never heard of it. What? <laughs> A View to Kill. Never heard of it. Fletch. Heard of it. Loved it. The Goonies. Loved it a lot. Those okay. are like the four main movies it was going up. You never heard of Brewster's Millions? Richard Pryor. It's Richard Pryor's best movie. It's a great movie. Um, I've never seen it, but it's not as good as Toy. Did you ever see Toy? The Toy? The Toy? The with, Toy? Yeah. Jackie Gleason? It's, that's a great movie, that's too. That's a great but movie. But Bruce's Millions is phenomenal. Wonder Wheel. Wonder Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> that movie makes me uncomfortable for, for race relations. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, it, so this movie had a budget of $44 million. You know how much it grossed in the box office? Uh, in the theaters or just like domestic, like all in or like while it was in the theaters? Total box office gross. 71. 80, 85 million. 300 million. What? Yes. So it was a smash. Yeah. Smash it. Yeah. That's, that's, glo- that's global box office. Well, actually, now that I think about it, at this point, 1985, Sylvester Stallone is the biggest movie star on the planet, probably, right? He's getting there. And he had the same haircut in this movie that my mom and all of her friends had when I was... Uh, like five years old when this came out. Yes, we should all get that haircut again. Who do you think was bigger at that time? Was it Tom Cruise or Stallone? Stallone. I think Stallone. Tom Cruise is like, give it like three more years. Yeah. Because I don't think Top Gun came out yet. I think Top Gun was probably like when Cruise hit like peak. Yeah, that was like peak Cruise. Because before that, I mean, think in 1985, so far he's been in what? The Outsiders? Maybe risky business. I don't know. I don't. I didn't yeah, look he up hadn't that. really smashed through yet. No. Um, maybe. Maybe uh, Bruce Willis. No, not yet. Uh, so I just not I just even Googled. Bruce Willis yet. Yeah, I think he was. He had to be top. I just googled the biggest movie star of 1985, and it gave me a list of four people. Do you want to know who it was that the, was the highest grossing star of 85? Yeah. Chevy Chase. Wow. You know what? That's not crazy because he probably had vacation. He had. He probably had vacation and Fletch in the same year. Yeah. Vacation, Fletch. He was. Yeah. He and was Fletch big. did pretty well in the box office. Caddyshack. Even though he wasn't like a major character, he was one of the best characters in Caddyshack. Um, the other thing that I, I loved about the movie is like Stallone wasn't just. They, did, they gave him some depth as a character like not as much as like probably could have but like he wasn't just like a killing machine like he was you know just like a regular he was trying to be peaceful human and just do it live his life um the love interest co i like that they added that in my one beef and this is these are nits these are little nits my one beef is they got some of the accents like way wrong like Ko is supposed to be this like Vietnamese um, sidekick uh, for him. And she clearly, clearly is not 
like natively from any Asian country. I mean, she looks, I mean, she's Asian American, I'm assuming, but she is her accent trying to sound like English was her second language was not good. So here's the problem. They filmed this movie entirely in Mexico and they didn't think beforehand about extras for the movie. So all of the Vietnamese military males you see in the movie, they found them all at Chinese restaurants in Mexico and just paid them to be in the film because they just didn't have enough. Which means it's possible that they were like born in Mexico, which means yeah. that they have, you know, Mexican yes. accents instead of and Asian accents. I think accents. Stallone met Co in California or a friend of his met her and was like, yo, I have this girl who's perfect for the role. And I don't even think they auditioned her. They he just said, send her, send her over here. She yeah, got it. That's it. We, yeah. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. She was a good actress. Like, don't get me wrong. And she's beautiful, by Adorable. the way. Adorable. And she, like, she, her acting performance was great. I'm not knocking the performance. I'm just, I'm just knocking the accent. Like, it wasn't like, it, she didn't sound like it was, she was, English was her second language. It sounded like she was an American purposely using, like, wrong grammat- grammatical, um, I don't know, syntax? I don't know how to talk. Syntax? <laughs> I could have Phrasing? I could have jumped in a minute ago, but I was going to see where that went. Yeah, you, you know, you could help me from time to time, Jones, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> help brother out when I'm struggling. No, it was something like, something in the way she talked really, like, threw off some of the, 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 the dramatic moments, because it was like, why you know, like, home? You know, it's like, nah, that was, that didn't sound real, but, um, well, whatever, if it wasn't for her, he wouldn't have gone full commando and murdered everybody on the planet. Yeah. He went berserk, dude. One of the coolest things, and you had to point this out to me because I'm a dumb, dumb and I missed it when I watched it. The, the, like the classic Rambo headband, he rips off of her dress after she dies as like a memento. So he's rocking that in honor of her. And he takes her, her chain hard necklace that has the he's in the beginning he's like hey what does that mean she's like oh it's for luck that's amazing do you know this movie came out the same exact year as rocky four crazy uh so dolph lundgren was initially signed as the russian lieutenant colonel podofsky played by stephen burkoff what an awful last name Ooh, burkoff imagine, the, uh, imagine growing up with that hey look it's burkoff the beep off <laughs> every <laughs> you time say, you could say jerk off can i <laughs> yeah <laughs> Burke off the masturbator. But <laughs> well, when Stallone realized that it was the same man who was going to be in Rocky Four, they paid off Lundgren's contract uh, so he wouldn't be in the movie. So Lundgren just got paid just not to be in it. Yeah, <laughs> he got paid to not be in this movie. That's awesome. Can we get paid to not be in this movie? Right? Yeah. Hell yeah. I wasn't in this movie either. Where's my paycheck? There's some other like crazy stats I found on this movie. At the time of filming this in 85, there were close to 2,500 Vietnam veterans still missing in action. Damn. How crazy is that? That is crazy. So this is like a legit thing yeah. that was happening, that there was these people essentially just abandoned by the country. Yeah. This film was also dedicated to stuntman Cliff Wanger Jr., who was accidentally killed by one of the film's explosions. Damn. That's pretty crazy. Rip it and dip it. Uh, this is the... Old- I mean, by the way, sorry. That's a great way to die, though. Great way. Like, oh, my Uncle Cliff? Yeah, he died He died on the set of Rambo First Blood Part Two in an explosion. Wait, that's badass. It's Yeah, it's better than choked on ham sandwich, <laughs> which is how I'm going to die, for those who don't know. 
do you know about the craziest like on screen not on it's actually not on screen but like the craziest like actual death that happened from a filming of a movie three men and a baby the helicopter that the dropped helicopter. what yeah. movie was that twilight zone twilight zone yeah tell people what happened because I, I know a little i don't know the full story but i know it so was a helicopter crash there's a scene where vic morrow the actor is uh running through the fields of vietnam with these two small vietnamese children they're trying to get away from rambo and what happens is that stallone like <laughs> shoots down this helicopter the helicopter comes loose from its rigging and the the blades were spinning for real and they decapitated everybody the kids too. The kids and Vic Morrow all got ripped like apart by this uh, helicopter ro- rotor. Jeez, did they leave in the scene in the movie? They left most of that scene in the movie. Oh my god, that's that's disturbing. They actually couldn't really finish like the rest of that part of that movie. So like, it, <laughs> well, because Victor Morrow's yeah. decapitated. So, but that part, like, if you watch that movie now, like that part of that movie really doesn't make much sense. Like, it's like the story makes sense up to a point, and then, like, they clearly had to be like, well, we don't really know how to finish this. Oh, that's crazy. So, uh, Rip and Dip, Cliff Wenger Jr. <laughs> yeah. And Rip and Dip, the two Vietnamese children that got decapitated. That that guy was rescuing. <laughs> yeah, way to rescue them. <laughs> rescuing. Uh, sure he wasn't taking them. <laughs> you know, Rambo, Rambo would have gotten them all out safe, by yep. the way. Just saying. I mean, he got a guy shot and still got him back alive. Yeah. This is the only film in the Rambo series to be nominated for an Oscar. Do you know that? Wow. But it, it won the Razzie that year for huh. the worst movie. Well, that went the other way, huh? Yeah. Still got nominated, though. That was a yay boo I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Oscar nomination. Yay. Razzie boo. <laughs> the red shirt that he wears in this movie can be seen in the original uh, First Blood when the cops are searching his backpack at the police station. That's a little. That's a nice little tidbit. That's a nice little tidbit. That red, uh, shirt, red shirt says Hulkamania <laughs> on it. I hope so. The technical advisor, Tony Maffatoni. <laughs> nice ins- Irish guy. Insisted that all the guns in the movie be real. Uh, don't bring that up in front of Alec Baldwin. No. No, no, no. I heard Tony Maffatoni was Indian and Native American. <laughs> <laughs> Indian and Native he was our American? Waiter, he was our waiter once. Was he once. Russian and a Soviet? He was both. Yeah. He was our waiter once at Rang Mahal. That <laughs> yeah. was weird. I'm pretty sure that Tony Maffatoni <laughs> is the guy who originally said it's like regular chicken, but with Indian spices. <laughs> uh, this was the first film to appear in 2000 plus US theaters. So this was at the time hit more theaters than any other movie had ever hit. That's a lot of theaters. That's pretty wild. Wow. The film's theme song, Peace in Our Life, was performed by Frank Stallone. Of course it was. Of course it was. Nepotism, schmepotism. Frank Stallone earned that part. <laughs> and also in all the Rocky movies with yeah. all his songs. Listen, why not, dude? Take it back. Do, do you do, think if do, I had a movie do, do, that was coming back. out, I wouldn't have you and Jones do like every song possible? Oh, that would be... Like, <laughs> you know how mad you I'd be if me and Jones were not, you know contracted to do some of the music i mean jones would do all the work i would you know i would just i don't know do 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 i'd do that <laughs> take it back i'd be the other guy at the lit up trash can you know what I'm yeah. talking about? The, there's always an on fire trash can has anyone ever made a fire in a trash can and sang around it you'd be in doing real the life? shoo doop shoo be doop yeah shoo doop jones would be doing that in the stew <laughs> yeah jones i hate how talented you are you make me feel bad about myself I'm just kidding. I'm really proud of you. Hey, but speaking of that, totally off topic, Jonesy did the like most amazing uh, cover of Ace of Spades the other day. Yeah, he did. Just for fun. 
I feel like we need to put that up on something. We have to make a, a DFD music video. Yeah, I have a little bit more work I got to do on that song. That was just like a quick thing I wanted to send you guys. It was pretty it was perfect. What was the What was the reason you did that? Somebody else covered it. It was shitty. Oh, it was a uh, Carrie Underwood is <laughs> opening for Guns N' Roses this summer, <laughs> yeah. and she's been like throwing in like hard rock covers. Like she does like a Zeppelin cover. She does like a couple other covers. So everybody, you had to you had to show her show her how it's done. Yeah, everybody was like, I put the video up. I thought it was pretty cool. Everybody pooped all over it, and then somebody else put like a different cover up, and I'm like, this one stinks. I could do better. So I did. And 38 seconds later, <laughs> he sent it through, and it was better. It's insane that we were joking about that in a group chat, and then not exaggerating, same day, maybe within hours, there is a finished cover of it. Like every instrument, all the singing. Jones, like that's like a special thing. Like there's not many people on the planet that can yeah. do that. But uh, Carrie Underwood, just for the record, I want to say I only know one of her songs and I like it. Oh, I like Carrie Underwood. I'm I'm a fan. Yeah. I, she had that song. It's like I put four wheel drive. Maybe next time we think before it cheats. It's, 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 it sounds like that. that I one. just it's nailed it. I nailed it. That's why I do all the production pieces yeah. <laughs> for DFT. And Jones does it. <laughs> so when are we gonna get the clip of that over before he cheats? <laughs> well, I gotta learn my lesson. After I sang "We're Being Attacked" that time on the air, and then Jones turned into a real song. Um, okay. So I got one more fun fact on this movie before we call it a quits. Let's hear it. Robert Davi was set to star in this movie, but he dropped out to be in The Goonies, which came out three weeks after this did not gonna lie that was a smart decision for him he was awesome in goonies and it was a le- it was a main i character. feel like anytime i've seen robert davi in a movie he's been awesome he's a great actor he wasn't he also in monster squad or am i making that up i'm making that up Ooh, i don't remember now he's in something he's in something not, it maybe it's not monster, monster squad, squad. Something else, but I've seen him in so, I've seen him in so many movies as like that other guy. The whole fertility, 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 <laughs> the whole fertility, the whole fertility crew in Goonies is amazing. Uh, yeah. All three of them. All right, so Robert Davi made the best decision because if he was in this, he would just be like another dude in this movie that no one yeah. would remember he was in it. But being in the Goonies. He's like iconic. Like he, I see Robert Davi and I think Goonies. Like I don't think of I anything think else of, except for Goonies. I think of him singing the opera line in the Goonies. Yes. Which cre- creeped me out when I was a kid. Yes. And the, the fake hanging in his cell to start the movie. Yeah, it's iconic. Iconic role. So he, he, he made a, a wise move there. All in all, I think this is a really good movie. Um, full candor. I think the first Rambo is still better. Uh, mostly because um, the bad guy in the first Rambo is uh, the big sh- Tom Callahan, big Tom <laughs> Callahan, uh, Long Island native, went to Shamanade. Denny, you know he's a Long Island native. Yep. Wow. Denny, fun fact. Denny, he is from Long Island. I heard he went can to sell uh, a ketchup popsicle to a man in white gloves. Yeah, he can. That's what I hear about that guy. He really can, man. You should ask him how he feels about guarantees on the box. Oh, he'll nail it yeah, every time. Uh, all in all, great movie. Um, I understand why uh, our now our best friend and, yeah. and hopefully one day our roommate uh, yeah. when we buy a big mansion in Malibu, <laughs> Sam Hargrave, director of the Extraction movies, um, uh, recommended to us to uh, do a deep dive on, which is why we're doing it. Yeah. And, uh, so let's uh, let's go around and get a rating, Jones. Hold on, before we do that, uh, can I? <laughs> I was on Instagram yesterday. I was sitting in my bedroom next to my wife. 
and uh, a post came up on Instagram of someone celebrating their birthday. And I turned to her and I said, oh, look, my close friend Chris is having his birthday. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes, oh, who? And then she like lists off a couple other Chris's that I know. And I'm like, no, no, this one. And I turned to her and I show her a picture of, yeah. of Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> and her reaction was one word, not even a word, a noise. She said, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, it's gonna happen. Chris Hemsworth is our is our. He's best our friend. best friend by proxy. Yeah, he, we're only two we're degrees best away with yeah. his best friend. So. Yeah, my best friend's best friend is my best friend too. And since Sam is now my best friend, <laughs> um, Eric, sorry, you've dropped the second best. friend. Oh wow, I was gonna say you're both my best friend. Oh, but I'm now just kidding. You're not my best. Friend I'm just kidding. Anymore. You guys are equally my best friend. You know what I was thinking about as I was watching, uh, First Blood Part Two. Two things. One, so actually, to 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 give the recap sam hargrave director of the extraction movies and our best friend um of all time since children he <laughs> told us that the reason that he started getting into wanting to be a filmmaker and, and stunt performer and doing action movies was all it all started because of rambo first blood part two like this movie inspired him to want to do action movies and things like that and as i'm watching the movie i thought of two things one they say extraction a lot in this movie. And I'm thinking, well, that might not be a coincidence. Stallone also tells Co when she's like, why they send you? And he's like, I'm expendable. The expendables. Oh, snap, crackle. That's pretty good call out right there. Holy he crap, also, I didn't even think of that. This was also supposed to be called First Blood Part 2. He put the Rambo in. Because he wanted it to be like Rocky, where it had the name of the character in the beginning is like just constantly harping on your brain. It's smart. Rambo is much more of uh, from a marketing perspective. Rambo is much more marketable, which is why we all still use the word Rambo like in regular. Those big knives are Rambo knives now. Yeah, I have one next to my bed. It's my Rambo knife. Yeah, it, no one calls it like whatever it's really a supposed to be called. Knife or a whatever it's knife, called. Yeah. Like, no one remembers who Bowie was, but I'm sure yeah. he's a good dude, but Sam sorry. Bowie? Sam Bowie? Is that what his name was? I have no idea. No, David Bowie. David Bowie. Oh, David Bowie? Yeah, and the, and the Ziggy Stardust. Did you know David Bowie? Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> David Bowie's real name. You messed me up? Vagina. Uh, David Bowie's real name was David Jones, but he changed it because um, Davy Jones from the Monkees was too popular. So he changed it to David Bowie. Davy Jones from the Monkees, his real name was David Crockett. Really? Davy Crockett. <laughs> King of the Wild Frontier. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe anything you say. All right, so let's let's rate this uh let's rate this bad boy. Jones. Where oh no, it? no, I had a second thing. Oh yeah, my god. Do it. Sorry. The other thing is <laughs> so after we did our Sam Hargrave episode, the next day he went out to LA, right? And guess who he met with for lunch to talk about an upcoming movie? Well, I know who because we already talked about it on our flagship show. I know, but just pretend that the audience didn't listen oh. to it because it, they probably didn't. Was it Vic Morrow from the Twilight Zone? It's <laughs> just his head. <laughs> no, he, no, he met with Sylvester Stallone. Yes, sir. See, full circle. Do you think when Sam and, and uh, Sly were hanging out, he said, hey, by the way, I was inspired by Rambo First Blood Part Two to get into filmmaking. And Stallone was probably like, well, good for you, bro. And then that <laughs> happened. And then they became best friends also. I hope so. That means that Rambo's our best friend, too. Yes. Oh, man. Our friendship circle is expanding. We're really upgrading. This is pretty good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, shout out to Rambo, my good friend. Yep. All right. Anyway, sorry. Back to you. No, I just let's vote. All right. Let's hear it. 
We're still doing out of 11, right? Always. Always. Goes to uh, 11. What did I give? I'm going 6, 8. Nice. Nice. It's a good time signature, too. Yeah. How about you? How about you? I'm going to go out of 11. I'm going to go 7.8. And the reason I'm actually giving it a little bit of a boost because it its influence on action movies was profound. So I give it a little bit of a boost, but like just the pure plot is it would have been lower. But because it what it is and what it created after that, 7.8. Fair enough. I want the overall average to be over 7, so I'm going to give it a 7.5. Nice. Nice. All right. That's good. And it's important that we're, you know, not over over um hyping every I also movie. thoroughly enjoyed the movie and I always have since I was a kid. So it's not like yeah, it's really, I'm not just giving it a 7.5 to be over a 7. I just truly enjoy the movie. Yeah. But it's also not, you know, mind-blowing. It's just a movie I enjoy. Absolutely. All right. That was a good uh, that was a good deep dive. I enjoyed it. Did you feel deep? I feel very div- dove Well, you could dive now Devin? since you're wearing a bathing suit. So you could, you know. It took you that long to realize why I wore swim trunks. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that. Oh. <laughs> You're you are a clever guy. Oh, Jonesy. All right. Oh, we got I gotta do the ending. Yeah, this is you, bro. This oh, is yeah. me. All right. Well, you you all wanna say anything before I wrap it up? Yeah, I wanna let you all know that I really, really enjoy Velveeta shells and cheese and Kraft Mac and Cheese can go Suck it. <laughs> <Pow>. <laughs> well, all right. Okay. Do 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 that's the show. <laughs>